All right, so we are in our first Sunday of Advent, and this morning we are talking about uh, the hope that is found in Jesus. Uh, thanks uh, to the Perkins family and for the kids for, for setting it up for us and getting us started uh, looking at the message of hope. This morning we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 11, if you want to start turning there. Isaiah chapter 11, and we have simple slides. This is the only slide that we will have this morning, so you will need to open up your, your Bibles. Uh, if you need a Bible, we have some on the back tables there. You're welcome to take one of those with you. Um, as always, take those and give those to a friend. Anybody who is needing a Bible, those are available and ready to go uh, at any time. Uh, but we'll be in Isaiah chapter 11, uh, starting in verse 1. Isaiah here is painting a picture for us, a picture of hope, a picture of the future, a picture of something that is to come. And in it, he gives us this image of a stump. And this stump has a special meaning to it. And so today we have some stumps up here. Um, these stumps are, are actually pretty special stumps. Uh, these ones um, come from the pine trees uh, that were in the lot that we cleared for our new building. And so there were three pine trees that were there that Doug and other brave souls uh, cut down for us, and we have salvaged many pieces of those trees to be used in the new building in some way. And so these are, these are just a couple of, of what we've kept, and hopefully we'll be seeing more of those in the new building. But these are stumps from those pine trees, those trees that have been there for, for many, many years, those ponderosa pines uh, that we would drive in and see every Sunday as we, we came in. And so we're holding on to these. Let's go ahead and read Isaiah chapter 1 as we talk a little bit about stumps, see what's going on here. Isaiah 11, starting in verse 1. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf, and the lion, and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den. The young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. 
they will neither harm nor destroy. On all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the surviving remnant of his people. So we're pausing from our series on mission and spending today talking about the hope that is found in the future. And at the same time, we have this painting, this picture being created by Isaiah that is very much in line with what we have been talking about and reading about over the last five weeks as we have been going through 2 Corinthians chapter 5. As we look at this place of new creation, this redemption of the future, the judgment against evil and peace coming to everyone. And so while we stand in a message that is by itself separate from our our series, the two are very much interwoven. We start with this image of a stump, the stump of Jesse. And most of us don't care about stumps. Um, I care about stumps, particular stumps. Uh, Doug cares very much about these stumps and has been caring for these stumps. Oddly enough, these need a lot of care as they need to dry out and be sealed and, be, and dry out and be sealed. And so these, these stumps have had a lot of attention given to them. Stumps matter to different people in different ways. I don't know that if I ever read Isaiah chapter 11, starting in verse 1, the first time, I would have given any thought to this image of a stump. But stumps are important for some. George Kenney of Allen, Washington cares about stumps. He is a stump carver. He's in, in, in Washington State, and he comes in and finds a stump, finds the remnant of a tree, and then with his chainsaw will carve it into these incredible images. Um, growing up, we went to uh, my grandparents' cabin, and on the corner of their cabin, there is this great bear that is carved out of a stump that looks over the porch as you come up to it. We've seen these wood carvings in different places, right? All with a chainsaw, this, this stump that is seemingly worthless, something that is not impressive, something that is not really all that beautiful, and is made into something that is impressive, something that has new life to it, something that you did not see originally. Stumps take on this new life when they're crafted in a special way, when they're taken care of, when they are carved, when they are used for some new purpose. And so here in Isaiah, there is this dead tree stump as well. But the prophet tells us that that God is going to do something awesome with this stump, that something good will come from it. 
art will come from it. And in this case, it will be the Messiah that comes from this stump. Not a physical, tangible carving, but this Messiah that comes from the line of David. This is a powerful promise that Isaiah is giving to the people. And, and in this text, there, there is this dead stump that the prophet tells us God is going to do something awesome with. In the Old Testament view of, of this passage, it would have been a new king coming from the line of David that would quickly come off of the hills of the, the disastrous King Ahaz. In the New Testament view, as we read through the, the writings of Isaiah, we see later a much later descendant coming from the stump of Jesse, coming from the line of David. We see this in the person of Jesus. And then Isaiah begins to give this picture of, of who this new branch will be. This branch growing out of this stump, this descendant of David, who will this person be? And, and it gives us these characteristics, it gives us this image of who this will be. This picture of a Messiah, someone that is spirit-filled, giving him wisdom and understanding and counsel and strength and knowledge and fear of the Lord, someone that has righteousness and justice for the poor and for the needy, one who has judgment for the, against the wicked and the evil, one whose righteousness and faithfulness surrounds him. This is the image of the branch. And then he paints a picture of what the peaceable kingdom will look like. What kingdom will they reign over? It's something very different, something that's difficult for us to imagine, something that is not at all natural, where wolf and lamb and leopard and goat and calf and lion are all living together in peace. There is no predator, there is no death, there is no attack. They're all living together in peace with a child that is leading them. There is no destruction, there is no harm. This is the kingdom that's promised. This is what Isaiah is presenting. That the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God. What a powerful image for us. As you visualize the child reaching their hand into the cobra's den, and nothing bad happens. Last week we talked about the things that are beautiful in the neighborhood. The things that are broken in the neighborhood. And this is a picture of beauty. Where the things that look as though they are opposed to one another live in peace with one another. That the wolf and the lamb, the leopard and the goats maybe even the elephant and the donkey, all live in peace together. You got it, thanks. Thanks, Ruby. That there, there, there's some coming together and peacefulness. There's no attack on one another. There's no destruction. There's no harm being done to one another. And then finally, in verse 10, he brings it back around to this, back to the root of Jesse again. 
And so, so the message of Isaiah comes and, and, and brings this picture, and it's powerful for us because we live in circumstances that are not all that great. That, that as we listed out last week, the beautiful and the broken, it was way too easy to identify things in the broken side and much more difficult to list out things on the beautiful side. That it's much easier to look even among us and, and, and identify so many stories of brokenness, of suffering, of hurt, of pain, of, of sickness, and of death. We see that. And this picture of Isaiah completely counters that. It gives us a place of peace. gives us a place of hope. We're not all that different from the Hebrews of Isaiah's day. Sure, Assyria is gone, but terrorism still is present. We don't live under the rule of a king, but we live in a political system that is broken and fractured and, and polarized. Few people can really say that the government will provide the effective change that is needed for the common good. In the news, we see more and more bad news to the point where some of us just choose to turn it off and not even pay attention to current events. We're headed into a new political season, yay, and going into a presidential election where there will be promises made about changes that can be made from both sides, promises that will never be upheld. Promises that will never be followed through on. And so like the ancient people of, of Judah, we can benefit from being reminded of an ultimate hope. That the hope will not come in Christmas presents. The hope will not come in shopping or consumerism. The hope will not come in political elections. The hope will come from Jesus. After Jesus was crucified and resurrected, the apostles would read Isaiah through a totally new lens. That they could see the first part of the passage was not about an immediate successor, Hezekiah, that would lead but ultimately still not be what was needed. They would see in the story of Isaiah the fulfillments of the text being Jesus that they would see through Jesse's line, through this stump, this new branch, being Jesus. And so when Paul was preaching to his fellow Jews, he would, he would refer to their common history, refer to this Jewish, Jewish history, and say this in Acts chapter 13, God made David their king in his testimony about him. He said, I have found David son of Jesse, to be a man after my heart, who will carry out all my wishes. Of this man's posterity, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised. That we know the story of Jesse, and we know the story of David, and the anointing of David, and now we see the fulfillment of that coming through Jesus. The Savior to come that Isaiah talks about is important. 
It's not so important for us to recognize Jesse's line. That, that doesn't resonate with us the way it would to those that Paul is preaching to. But it was important. As Jesus was entering into his ministry, first entering into the scene on, in Luke chapter 2, Jesus is coming and, and people are starting to connect the dots. People are starting to hear this story and connect it to the prophecies of a Messiah. One that would come out of the house and lineage of David. Isaiah would say that this new shoot, this new branch from, from Jesse would reign. Reigns in ways that we can't even imagine. Reigns in a kingdom and a, and a, and a way of being that, that, that doesn't make natural sense to us where there is peace between wolf and lamb, leopard and goat. They will not hurt. They will not be destroyed on the holy mountain. Clearly, this is a world much different than the world we exist in today. We don't live in a world where prey and predator live at peace with one another. They live in conflict with one another. We don't live in this peaceful place where there is no harm, there is no destruction. We look to a different place, another kingdom entirely, a different rule, a different reign by a different king. And that really is the nature of hope. That we can look beyond what we have to this day and look beyond where we are right now and see that there's something different. As we look through the Bible, we see hope along with faith and love coming to, to in, in these three coming together to form the basis of, of, of Christianity. That we have love, we have faith, we have hope. And these things are the things that come together. And as Paul says, these are the things that remain. They're meant to give us something to look forward to. That as we live life together and experience life together, faith, hope, and love come together and give us solid footing to stand on, give us a foundation to stand on, when all else around us is not making sense, when all else around us is, is crumbling and falling apart, we have this hope that is the anchor of the soul. That gives us something to hold on to, anchors us when the storm comes around us. When, when the Bible talks about hope, it's not talking about the stuff that we wish would happen someday. It's talking about things that we know will happen one day. We hold on hope, not hoping that maybe it will happen. Hope is a certainty. A certainty. And we hold on to that. That our lives will remain in God's hands. That, that he will guide us and provide for us this peaceable kingdom. This place where all things live in harmony with one another.
But the season of Advent, as we light this candle on this first Sunday, reminds us that there is this now of the kingdom of God, that God is reigning now, but there is also this not yet. That is not yet fully arrived. And so the season of Advent is a season of waiting, a season of anticipation, a season of hope. And that can be difficult for us. We're not typically a people who like to wait. We're more typically a people who like things to come quickly and more conveniently and more predictably. Especially in this season of Black Fridays and shopping and Amazon online orders. Like, it's going to take three days instead of two days? Oh, wow, I can't wait that extra day. Like, things have to be quick now. We go into a restaurant and expect service to be in a certain amount of time. And that time is always quicker. <laughs> but we're called to be a people who wait. We're a people who are waiting. And that's difficult for us. One commentator makes this point looking at the, the pattern of the Bible. The biblical pattern for God's people is a pattern of waiting. Adam waited for a partner. Noah waited for the floodwaters to recede. Abraham waited for a son. Jacob waited to marry Rachel. Hannah waited for children. The Israelites waited for deliverance. And on and on the stories go of having to wait. In my church, we proclaim the mystery of faith every Sunday morning. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We rightfully pin our hopes on this last claim and yet, in our humanness, we grow weary of waiting. We grow weary of waiting. But we are a people called to wait. A stump is assumed to be dead. A stump is a sign of death. Something has been cut down. It will not grow again. But could it be that a stump is bursting with life? That something new can come from it. That from a stump comes a kingdom of peace, a kingdom of justice that's dependent on the advent of a leader. A leader infused with the very Spirit of God. That's what we hope for. That's what we wait for. A leader who leads without faltering. A leader who is no ordinary person. That under his watch, the, the poor and the meek are lifted up. There's no room for evil. There's no room for oppression. Even the predators are peaceable. And it seems like a vision of another real, reality, another realm. But this is the redemption of creation. The new creation has come. The old is gone. And Isaiah points to a time of transformation, a time that we wait for. The advent of God's peaceable kingdom. And so like Kenny in, in Washington who carves these things from these 
stumps. It takes time for the image to emerge. It takes time to see that new life come from something that appears to be dead. And what we see in Scripture is this emerging picture of Jesus of Nazareth. As we go through this time of anticipation leading to the birth of Jesus, and on into the year as we look at the death and the resurrection of Jesus, then we get, begin to get this full picture of who God is and what he's doing for us. And it's this hope that gives us this inspiration. It gives us this perspective from which to view the threats of the world around us. It gives us perspective on how to view the holiday shopping over the next few weeks. It gives us a perspective on, on how we interact with one another over the next few weeks. It, it gives us perspective on what we do with our families, what we do with our friends and our neighbors over the next few weeks. It gives us perspective going into this next presidential election. It gives us perspective going into whatever it is that is on the horizon for you. A change of job, a medical treatment, a shift in relationships, a change in location. Whatever is on the horizon for you, this hope gives us a, a totally different perspective. A totally different perspective. And so we look to this stump of Jesse. And the new life that comes from it. This new kingdom that emerges. And we take hope in the new kingdom that God is bringing in for us. Let's go ahead and be standing together. We're going to spend some time at the tables together, a place where we remember the, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, a place where we remember the hope that we have in a new future, a hope that we have in this kingdom that is counterintuitive to everything that we see around us, a, king, a kingdom where the, the wolf and the lamb and the the leopard and the goat, and all come together in peaceful ways. And so this is a time for us to go to the tables. We'll uh, break the bread and take the cup as a reminder of Jesus. It's also a time for us to pray with one another, pray for one another. We'll have shepherds down front and members of our prayer team around. I encourage you to, to seek out prayer with somebody. Maybe you have lost hope or that hope has become fuzzy. And this is a season for you to, to regain that perspective and regain that hope that's been lost. Let's spend this time together at the tables. Spend this time in prayer. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the blessings you give us. We thank you for this branch, this Jesus that is given to us. God, we remember him now through the breaking of this bread and the taking of this cup. We remember the hope for the future that we have. It's in his name we pray, amen.